Let's go on a Monday with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Good morning, Josh. How was your weekend? What's up, Plank? Good morning. It was uh, it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. How was yours? It was great. It was great. From I uh, I did the triple head. Did you have ice? You had high school football on Friday night too, right? I did. Yeah. Dub City, right? Dub well, City got nice. down a couple of touchdowns. Came all the way back. Josh is the play-by-play voice of the Norman North Timberwolves. I am just an unabashed Washington Warrior homer, and I was out. It seems like uh, I took a lot of football this weekend, Josh. I felt like I was able to truly immerse myself in it from bad Brad Beller's crew rolling their rival in Jones to, you know, a full day of football. Those 5 o'clock starts, I don't, I don't feel like they're very common. I don't remember. I remember some sixes. But as much as I think as a football fan, I crave the uh, prime time, the under lights, atmosphere, and the, the juice it brings, I usually don't get to watch a ton of football because, I mean, our, our pregame show is four hours before opening kick. And, you know, not, I'm not one of those guys that can wait till the last minute to leave my house. <laughs> feel like. I always prepare. It's the Bruce Howard, the voice of the Golden Hurricane, whom I'm sure is going to join us at some point this week. He instilled it in me. I think he called it the idiot factor, to where you never know what could happen. Your car could break down, a tire could bust, you could have a backup, anything, right? So I'm I'm, I'm not someone who can just sit around and wait to the last minute. But with all that said, I I felt like, oh, more juice again. I felt like on Saturday, because of where our pregame was. I felt like I got to take in a little bit more football than I typically do. Josh, we were out at Yo Pablo uh, on Campus Corner, which has been redesigned, and it's awesome. And I was able to watch all of the Colorado game, uh, the end of the the Baylor-Utah game. It was awesome. So even though it was a unique kick time, I got to watch a lot of football. Then on Saturday, obviously, the you know, I said this a lot. And I, and I know for some people it does it. It's not the most reassuring thing. But I said I was really excited for the challenge, right? I wanted to see how the Sooners would handle a challenge like SMU. Uh, and it was a weird game, I thought. Weird weird feel, weird vibe. But a win. You know, I, it, maybe it was because it was so different than, than things we've seen. You know, it was, it was kind of similar, I thought, Josh, to the second, third, and fourth quarters of the Bedlam game last year. Just to where you're like, oh, okay, let's let's go. Defense, let's go. And it just, you know, it never really materialized until very late. So for those of you who stuck around, you're good to go. But, yeah, I uh, I love the game. Post-game was, you know, obviously became very interesting. And then I sat yesterday, and what does Scott Hansen always say? Sit down and prepare yourself for seven hours of uninterrupted football. And I pretty much did just that. I didn't miss the ticket as much as I thought I would, though, Josh. I'll say that. Uh, as DirecTV no longer has the ticket and it's gone to YouTube TV, I'm not, it's, it's not taking me with it. I'm stuck here at DirecTV. I'll go down with that ship, if you will. But I kind of felt like to have the red zone and to be able to you know, pull up my Raiders game, I, I felt like it was – I didn't miss it too much. Is that bad? That's not bad. Yeah. That's, that's good. Picked up a season opening dub. Mm. But, no, I mean, before – listen, I'm not, we're not getting started. Don't even bring it up. Don't even talk about it. We're not talking about it today. It's an OU football day. <laughs> I just mean in general. Did you find yourself missing the ticket all, at all this weekend? No. No, okay. I didn't. Uh, same way. 
Well, I say that. <laughs> yeah, I probably did a little bit. <laughs> Being married to only a couple of choices on the dial is is not ideal. But hey, you know what? I could I could pay for the ticket if I wanted to. Later, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna either. Later in the week, we do have to have a com. I need to get like stats or somebody that lived that TV life to really truly explain to me the process of deciding which market gets what game because I was flummoxed by some of the decisions that were made for this weekend. And as somebody who has never had to be – or not never, hasn't had to be beholden for that in, in a while, I still don't have NBC, though. Figure it out. So that was the weekend that was. You want to – I'm leaving this up to you, Josh Helmer. This is, this is your decision. Do you want to get the pink elephant out of the room in the open? Or do you just do you just want to get after the game itself? Your choice. <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for the production oversight. Uh, I Well, I mean, it. listen, in all seriousness, right? As far as the show is concerned, you're the producer, right? The co-host <laughs> right. producer and you run the thing. So, I go wherever you tell me. I mean, you know me, uh, I'm not good at confrontation, so that's in my world. Just get it out there, right? Just let's let's throw it all out there. But what do you think? Yeah, I guess let's rip the bandaid off, shall we? I don't know. I don't know as a son-in-law, and I've lived those roles in my life as a son-in-law, as a uh, friend, as a you know, dad. I'm, I'm not a grandparent yet, but you know, you kind of. As all these different roles, I understand how challenging family dynamics can be. And I'm not saying that any of this is challenging, but just, you know, Toby said this when I was coming in. I guess I never really thought of it that way because there's a part of me that always thinks, you know, you, you don't persecute someone forever when they show remorse. I think the problem with our Bryles is that there has been, what, Josh Helmer? kind of a sense of a lack of remorse, a sense of it, right? And trust me, I'm not saying someone goes, what was the uh, Exxon oil spill episode of South Park? We're sorry. We're really, really sorry. You know, I don't, I don't know if that fixes anything for some of you. But, you know, there's certain things that are unforgivable, but in the same vein, when you show remorse, there can be a softer landing spot in our hearts, souls, minds, however. With that in mind, there's also certain, now what's the best way to put this, Josh, rules? There's certain things that because of past mistakes, you just can't do them or they're at the very least frowned upon. And I felt like we had a convolution of all of that coming together in one wild ball that distracted from what should be the big story, which is Oklahoma's defense and the way that it's looked through two games. Now, again, I've got a long history, ladies and gentlemen, of being that guy that thinks an early season win is a really good win against what I think is going to be a good team, and that good team never really materializes. I'm looking at you, 2011 Missouri and Florida State, but I digress. More of that later. But I feel like those should be the conversations. And I think, and I, and, I, and I hope for the most part on this show, they will be. But if listening to 
T-Row and TJ driving in, if, I mean, social media has just been on fire with this. Hope the best thing that's happened is this disaster in Michigan State right now. From an Oklahoma perspective. From an Oklahoma perspective. Right, right, right. But I don't – I mean, I think that there is a very simple answer here. And even if you're in that group that's – let's see, what what's all of our different groups there? There is the, well, you know, Kale only got one mistake and then he was fired, but yet this is allowed. There's that group. There is the what's the big deal anyway group, right, Josh? There is the – this is the greatest villain maybe in college football off the field. And what's going on here? That's well, his father. That allowed, right? That's his father-in-law. Yeah, there's that group. There's that group. There's the should never hired in the first place group. Then there is the, well, our offense isn't really good right now, so let's just move on anyway. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So I, I, I think we've done a good job of, like, categorizing all this and kind of laying out what went into it. But I just – I can only read into what I see and hear, and Josh, it sounds to me like there is an agreement when the hire was made, which if you go back, there was some pushback, right? There was some consternation over it. Oh, sure there was. Right? We we heard it on this show. And when you make a decision like that to go with anyone, and I, I'm sure schools, TCU, I was down in Fort Worth when Kendall Bryles was hired at TCU. I was down there for a women's basketball game. Josh, it was a dicey 24 hours on campus. Dicey. Uh, even though Monavita Kazani, who was at Baylor and was their strength coach, has been their strength coach since Sunny Dykes came on, bringing in Kendall Bryles was, oh, um, but what are we doing here? And I'm willing to bet if Sonny Dykes hadn't just taken him to a playoff, I don't know if that would have been approved. I don't know if that would have been something that happened at Fort Worth. So, again, I'm, I'm laying up these characters slash bit parts, pieces, whatever, in that whole Baylor saga are, are – and especially when your last name is Bryles, right, Josh? You're attached to this. So, I – with all that said, you hire someone as great of a dude as they are, as perfect of a fit – as they are, there is still always going to be that tie, and obviously it's magnified here. And if there was some agreement or some handshake or whatever it might be that, hey, let me come to the games, that's fine. Family stuff down the field, not happening. Just let's be smart about it because we don't want that associated with program. If that was part of the agreement, I don't really know what there is to, like, fight about or anything. It's just – don't do it. The doubling down on social media the next day behooves me. It blows my mind. But I just – I don't really know if there's if there's much to be argumentative about or fighting over with this, Josh, because I'm telling you what, I, I know there's a lot of people that aren't very happy with this. I don't think it's going to end up with anyone getting fired before the end of the season or anything of that nature. But I, I don't know what we can – there's obviously something that has angered – and frustrated in, and understandably so, in breaking some sort of agreement. Let's see how these bridges can mesh each other. Let's see how these, uh, let's see how Coach Levy handles his press conference, which is coming up in, what, two hours from now? Because I don't really, I mean, if you broke an agreement, that might be something to where we're having a much deeper conversation in a couple of weeks if this continues, right? I just don't – I just can't fathom 
allowing that to happen if, again, there was some sort of alignment in when and where that would be or not be allowed. Well, and let's just get to the reality of the situation. If there was, which it sounds like there was, a discussion beforehand that Art Biles is not going to be, quote-unquote, around the program in any capacity. Right. And, and to anybody that says, well, that's not around the program, not on the field, not clear boundaries that were set, right? Right. And you break clear boundaries, well – now all of a sudden you've gone against what your your boss's wishes are, and then you turn around and Ooh. double down on it. Ooh. It's a, uh, it's basically. I mean, it's a complete act of insubordination. It's complete defiance. So I don't know how there can't be some form or fashion of consequences here. And uh, to me, how can we escape this thing where Jeff Levy's not a hypocrite on some degree because you talk, you talk, you talk about, hey, it's about the program, it's about the program, it's about the program, and uh, you've made yourself the big storyline here, and it's not a good storyline. No, it's not. No, it's not. I I guess maybe some clarity would be good here for one moment before we grab our initial break on the Plank Show. I'm live from OU, as I am every single Monday. We have Coach's Corner today. If you'd like to jump on board with a question for Coach's Corner, you can hit us up. I'm at Plank Show on Twitter, at Josh on Ref. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the tweet ready to send out so you guys can get involved on Twitter.com. I think I just, by no means, do I want this to be viewed as condoning or defending anything. But this, I think this point needs to be made and I see many of you smart enough to say, hey, that's not what happened. Here's what happened. This did not involve him being on the field or the sidelines during the game. So that whole, and I saw that right away, that, you know, Coach Bryles wasn't over there with his jump man stuff, just touring stuff, walking around on the sidelines during the game. That wasn't the reality. This is from an incident that, and it's not Parker Thune's fault. We part. Many people took a shot of it. Parker's tweet is the one that blew up and went viral. It was out there for many people than just Parker. So it's not Parker Thune's fault. And it pains me to say this because I love this dude, man, but it's Jeff Levy's fault. And if you want to get mad at Parker, then that's unfair. That's not right. Has Coach Browles been to other games before? I'm sure he has. I bet he's been to a lot. But for some reason, either A, in this instant, got a little bit too public, or, 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 or B, just decided he was going to go down there after the game. And maybe Jeff at that point was like, yeah, no, come on down. I don't care. I mean, if that's fine. No one's going to care. I don't know. But, Josh, I, I, he's, he's not wearing an earpiece or a headset. He's not over there walking around during the game. and He's not stalking the sidelines. You know, he's he was at a situation to see his family after the game. Now, again, like I said, not offending it. But just wanted to make sure I made that clarification because I feel like a lot of people have taken a few liberties with that. And I guarantee you that when this thing gets aggregated, it becomes Art Bryles on the sidelines during an OU game. Right. Which, again, is inaccurate. Is inaccurate. And I know, again, delineation, slight little up, up date on that. I don't think we needed to because everyone got it. But it's still something that. You use a good word, because I, I keep using agreement, but some sort of boundaries is the word you use, and I like that. 
So is there – I'm afraid to open the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, but I also love seeing y'all's reaction to things like this. So do you – do you feel like there's anything more we need to add? I, You know, I don't know how – we do anyone any favors by comparative situations? Well, so-and-so had this happen, so why is why is he still working this guy isn't? I don't think that's healthy, nor is it, I think, fit in this situation. I can confirm that there were very angry people in high places because they don't want this program who, I mean, we all have made mistakes, right? I think Toby said it best. It's like, listen, everyone's made mistakes but they don't want to be associated with Coach Bryles. I think that's fair. But Jeff Levy means so much and is a Sooner that even though he's his son-in-law, they want him to run the offense, and I think he's good at his job, despite what happened times on Saturday night. Throw the ball down the field. It's, it's, I don't know. I've never had to tell someone they can't come around that I love. I never have. I've never had to go to, you know, my father-in-law, and be like, Brian, man, listen, tell me you look too much like Benjamin Franklin, so they're not comfortable with you going to this event. I don't, I don't know how tough that is. But I know if my family's livelihood and my future depended on it, I'd probably make sure that I would communicate that. So I can't fathom how tough that conversation is. But you just you can't, you can't let that happen, right? I mean – very, very poor judgment. I feel like we all can agree on that, can't we? Can we? Can we all just get along? Can we all agree on that one? Feel how you want, but we all have to agree that that's kind of tough judgment. All right, let's break. Are we done with this topic for the rest of the show, and we can talk football? What do you think, Josh? Oh yeah, that's it. We're done. Stop. <laughs> Give me some hope. All right, we are on location at the University of Oklahoma, which is where we spend our Mondays as we get set for uh, Oklahoma and Tulsa this weekend. Obviously a matchup that's near and dear to my heart and many of yours. And we'll start looking ahead as the week rolls on. It's the Plank Show on the Home Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right. All right, welcome back into the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Gunny writes on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Good morning, fellas. Can we talk about Danny Stutzman and the defense having one heck of a game? Then Danny getting his car towed afterwards? I heard BV called it in so Danny wouldn't get a big head. Congrats on your Raiders win, sir, Gunny. (laughs) I don't think BV called it in. So I guess... Was that a joke, or did his car really get towed? I mean, he, did you hear the post-game interview with him? No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He uh, he is hilarious with it. <laughs> he grabs the mic from me, and he goes, first rule, you're not supposed to give up the mic. And I'm like, take it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't live by those rules. I'm not in the cage doing interviews with, uh, with MMA fighters. But I don't know what that rule is. Is there a? parking lot where you have to have a certain pass as a player and if so why are we I mean I understand 
that there's certain lots that you patrol. But why are you even patrolling that lot outside of security? I mean, there's enough cars that get towed on game day because people don't know how to properly park on the street. But you have, like, security that's checking when you pull in. They're constantly checking passes. So I don't I don't guess I know how that could happen, Josh, for, for old Danny Stutzman. He uh, played an incredible football game. I he mean, did. he was all over the place. If he's – I mean, if he's going to play at this level – there's no way that he's not going to be right in the uh, the Butkus conversation. Multicamp football player of the week defensively. Uh, here's a good one from the 405. Can we give it up to Kip Lewis? Kid deserves recognition. I don't have the, the snap counts, but it was interesting. Teddy said something during the broadcast, and I don't think he'll mind me bringing it up. But obviously no one wanted Danny Stutzman to get booted, right, for the – the targeting call, but Kenny, I'm Kenny, it's your middle name, Teddy. Uh, Teddy said, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Kip Lewis fly around out there. And I think, I think it says something, Josh, that when you look late in that game, who's out there on one of those final drives for SMU? Kobe McKenzie. Who's out there in some of the bigger moments of the game? Kip Lewis. Right? I mean, they've well, – Danny Stutzman was a man – I don't know. I, I, I saw like five different reports of his total tackles. But, yeah, there, Kip Lewis had nine tackles on 20 snaps. He was everywhere. Yeah, that's it, that's, that's incredible. Wild. I love seeing that, man. I love seeing that from Kip Lewis. But I would, I would add – I think I want to see more of Kobe McKenzie. I feel like as someone – I listen, dude. TJ is on fire out in the hall. Who is he preaching to right now? I can't believe I, I can't believe you heard that. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, you got to remember, I got my headphones jacked up in here. Um, <laughs> what, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Kobe McKenzie. I don't want to say you know. Oh my gosh, I I had I'd given up on him or anything of that nature because I hadn't. But I've always kind of been in the belief that maybe his future might be on the edge or or somewhere of that nature. Who Josh, whenever whenever he is out there, whenever he's manning that, I don't know if it's the mic or the will, Ted, you can correct me, but you hear it when he hits anybody. Alignment, if there is a fullback or H-back or the running back, dude, he is absolutely a thumper. And I love, love watching him. Love watching him. Uh, and then one more to talk about the defense here. This is from Mark Fermin, who writes, Payne Bowen looked amazing. Play of the game, if you ask me. Pretty amazing for a freshman to have so much ability and discipline and a nose for the ball. First time I got to talk to Peyton Bowen after the game on Saturday night. Very impressive young man, Josh. I, I think it goes without saying, and I think many people feel the same way, but uh, – I mean, absolutely positive future. I mean, the kid's got so much upside. Did you hear what he said about the block punt? He's like, ah, I wasn't supposed to go, and I just went. And he blocks punt. And maybe we can argue over if on that last, that fourth down pass, if the SMU quarterback held it a little bit too long. I don't care. Bowen still got up there and nearly picked the thing off. 
So I was really impressed with him on Saturday night. Well, and the defensive pass interference that he picked up, I, I oh. go to that one and I go to Canix, and these these to me are competitive pass interferences, if that makes sense. It, it It's almost you feel okay seeing it because they're not always going to get flagged. And so, yeah, he's got uh, all of the items that you mentioned, the the coverage skills, the raw talent. He's going to be a great player here. There, there were a number of terrific defensive performances. Kanai Walker getting thrown into the, the situation that he was thrown into. I thought he answered the call on Saturday. That was great to see. Mm. Mm. All right, uh, 9.32. I got some audio that we'll sprinkle in as the show rolls on. It is kind of crazy. I just looked up and I saw a Sooner Gundy text had popped in. So that P.I. call on, on Bowen was bogus. I, I'm going to tell you. I know that we've lived in a world where defensive pass interference has been a frustrating way of life, right? Cornerbacks not looking back and finding the football. And I we talked to Jay Valai today. But to me, I mean, we're at the point where it's like we can argue these P.I. calls. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. He's looking back for the ball. He's not completely grabbing a receiver. I mean – I, I don't even know. I know the arm was around the back on the Bowen P.I., but I also don't know if he was grabbing him, and I don't know how much they need to see in order to throw. Maybe just the arm being there was enough. But in, in a lot of those P.I.s, I think what two, two, three of them that were called on the Sooners, it's almost like you look and you can argue with you can argue with them. I mean, it was inarguable in the past. It's like, oh, my gosh, you forgot to turn around and look back for the football. <laughs> right? Indeed. And so I, I think you look at those and it's encouraging in a way that uh, competitively you're there to make a play. And uh, I don't know. I see those types of situations go unflagged all the time. All right. Uh, quick break. 934. We're at OU coming up at the top of the hour. A little post game audio from down in the locker room. Uh, as I mentioned, talk to Peyton Bowen, talk to Danny Stutzman. Uh, even though I'm out a little bit early, we will still hit our top five storylines on the field from Saturday. And you can jump in there any way you want on Twitter at Plank Show, at Josh on Ref. Make sure you follow us at KREF Sports or on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Or go the old-fashioned way, the Riverwind Casino call in line, 405-329-9000. This is the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh on Plank. You can find us on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. And and Nate Dog brought this up before we get to the phones. Good morning, Plank and Josh. Once again, numerous holding calls not called when OU was on defense. A few times, the player putting pressure on an SMU quarterback had his jersey almost ripped off. A couple misreads in the secondary, but the defense has gotten way better at recognizing and making reads than attacking with physical hitting. Making the reads then. Ah, see what you're saying. Not then. Then. Nate Dogg of Stutzman Army. That's the thing that I like, Josh, is I feel like they're reacting to things quickly. You know, it's not, uh, get out there, get out there. It's like, oh, dude, that guy's out there. Now make the play. That's what I love about watching this defense right now. How about you? A couple of the gadgety things that SMU tried to do, too, just got absolutely sniffed out and blown up, which was uh, nice to see. The sideline-to-sideline speed 
of Oklahoma, you know, the instincts definitely appear improved. And for me, it's uh, been but don't break a little right. bit this past weekend to where, you know what, it's okay uh, early in a drive to, to give up a couple of first downs, but just tighten up and get the football back. And they did that in, in large part. And really, you know, the touchdown drive they gave up, again, those pass interference calls, I don't know if they're getting called every single time playing. No, I could not agree more. Could not agree more. All right, let's get True Sooner in here. Wow, this first hour is cooking, man. What's going on, True? Welcome to the show. How's it going, Plank? Outstanding, man. How are you? Doing good, man. The weather's perfect, man. It's awesome today. Uh, you couldn't um, ask for a better day. This is awesome outside. The thing that bothers me, and I know we're going to get on to football, but the thing that bothers me mostly about this Levy thing is, like, it seems so unnecessary and, and self-inflicted. You know, how can you teach accountability to your players and then you go do something like this. Now, we don't have all the details, so, so you know, obviously that's the, that's the mm-hmm. situation. But, but still, man, God, you're, you know, you're dealing with – I mean, this coaching and recruiting and teaching these players, 87 of them or whatever they got on a roster, it's hard enough. And now you've got this dude doing this or Levy doing this, and you're like, man, we, we got to babysit you too now? I mean, it's just – it seems very – Dang, we got to do it. And also, something that I'm I'm not hearing brought up is why would if, if Bryles is such a loving father-in-law, why would he why would he put his son-in-law in that situation? Why wouldn't he just say, number one, I ain't wearing an OU shirt to, to make it look like that, and number two, I'm not going to do this to you and your family. I mean, does anybody think about that? I mean, this is yeah, you don't want to be a you, you know you can be you can forgive and not forget. Sure. And oh, you cannot. Oh, you cannot be associated with this dude. Nobody can. You know, I, 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 I appreciate your phone call. All right, man. See you, man. We don't know what the boundaries or that situation is. We just don't. And we understand the whole story of the, what happened at Baylor. And our Bryles is, you know, he's not going to coach again. But like I said, I, I don't. Everyone's like, well, geez, you just tell him not to come. You tell him not to go. I don't know, man. I. I think Jeff and Art are really close. I think they're really close. And I and I don't know, you know, everyone can have their little quirks or whatever. Like, tell them to meet them somewhere afterwards or do this. I, I mean, that seemed logical to me, but I don't know. I don't know how challenging that can be. And obviously that relationship means a lot to Jeff because what did he do the next day, Josh? He made it his profile pick. And Coach Levy, saying, not a big social media guy during the season. Right? He just doesn't. You don't see him do much very often. So, obviously, it's an important relationship to him. I just – I just – I hate that we have another scenario or saga that's taken away from what I think has a chance to be a pretty good football team. And for – as you – well, I, I mentioned it, but as you kind of went ahead and clarified, at least on the national level, everyone's still trying to figure out this Michigan State saga – so by the time it gets aggregated on, like, Wednesday and it's Art Bryles on the sideline for a, an Oklahoma game, we'll be at that point where we're like, yeah, we've gone through this. Everyone understands where everyone is. I, I hope in his press conference day, Jeff Levy just explains, like I'm sure he will. He's a great dude. When he, he's, he's awesome. Jeff Levy is awesome, y'all. And you can be mad about – not enough deep shots. You can be mad about 
why they put what is this plan with this Jackson Arnold package? What are we even doing? You'd be mad about all that. But from a dude that is constant and consistent in in his attitude and his mood and his focus, I'm, you're not going to find many people that are bigger fans so than me of Jeff Levy. So I just I, I, I guess I want to more understand the why. But in the same vein, realize that whatever this is is something that's going to be taken care of inside that coach's office and within an administrative office. And, you know, as as fans, we can get back to not fighting over off-the-field things and celebrating what's going on on the field. How dare I say that as a talk show host, Josh? Aren't we supposed to immerse ourselves in the controversy? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, right? There's some that would argue we should, but... Uh, oh, get back to that controversy. The, the bottom line is this. L- let's see Let's see what happens sure. here in the 11 o'clock hour. Yeah, right? Right. I, mean, I just... W- what are the first steps now going to be publicly? And uh, is there any repercussion, fallout mm-hmm. from this? Let's, let's let the university handle it how they see fit, and let's see what happens next. Um, <laughs> good question. About Jackson Arnold, uh, I think this is from the nine one eight guys. What is the plan with the Jackson Arnold package? I don't know. I I liked it, but then it worked once and it didn't really work again. And I was right on the the first down marker for that fourth and one play, and I thought he got it. I mean, I'm literally standing right behind where that yard marker is where the first down chain is. Had to get to the 18, right? Right. And I thought, I thought Josh, that whenever he reached the ball out, I thought he was there. And as soon as they marked it, I was like, he ain't there. <laughs> that's, that's not good. But, again, we didn't have – I complain about the stoppages in play, and I don't want to replay, but, you know, in those instances, they look at everything. You know, I – they look at everything. There was plenty of time to look at that on the spot. And it was weird. Gosh, a little sideline information for you. It was weird because where the replay monitor is, um, it's usually I, you can't see it, right? It's not on. They left the replay monitor on in that little thing the whole game. So it was interesting to watch when, like, a play had just gone on you watch suddenly the quick rewind and going back through it and watching every frame, and then they move on to the next play. Like, they're looking at every single play. I, I, I mean, even after Oklahoma, the, the fumble that – the peanut punch from Key Lawrence that Danny Stutzman recovered. Great Woody, play. Great play, right, when Woody almost touched it. I think that, that led us some points for the Sooners. What was interesting was even after the Oklahoma Sooners scored, I walked by the replay monitor there that the Big 12 official had – and they were still kind of going back through that play on the sideline. And I don't know if it was, hey, now we got a break. Let's go back and really, really look at this and see what see what happened and see what's going on and see if how close he did come. Because I'm telling you, Josh, after watching that, Woody Washington came really close to touching that ball. <laughs> I mean, really close to touching that football. While and, he was out of bounds? Yeah, while he was out of bounds. Because he, well, he had stepped out of bounds, and then he came back in. Uh, and and it, I mean, he almost touched it. Did he? Did he not touch it? Wants to settle it? No, I don't think so. I don't know. 
Uh, oh, oh, yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe he had touched it once, and then he stepped out of bounds. Right. And then if he had come back in, it would have been – they would have lost the football. But I think that he uh, – if he – it looked like he touched it when he was in, in bounds, so – No, no, you're right. But then he had gone out of bounds, and he's reaching back down to touch it, and that's when Stutzman comes sliding in. Right. And ends up grabbing it. And some people had said, hey, good move by Washington, being smart enough to not grab it. But I don't know. It looked like he was trying to grab it to me. Right. And Stutzman just came sliding <laughs> It looked like Stutzman came in and saved the day. But it was – so with that – I mean, that's a long way to get to this point. I was really shocked in that fourth and one that they didn't take a closer look at it. But maybe they did, and they realized they got the spot right. Maybe a knee was down a little bit sooner, but – It was – It was close. I just, I watched that thing probably six times last night, and from the the angle on ESPN Plus, it was just you just couldn't tell when he went fully down. Mm-hmm. You know, I right. mean, it looked like he got to the eighteen, but you just couldn't tell when he was down. So you know, if they they rule him short, it's tough to overturn that. <laughs> All right, let's break. It's nine forty nine. Brooke just hit us up on the text line and said, rewatching that fourth and one last night. It sure looked like he got it and was given a terrible spot, but what can you do? All right, quick break. When we come back right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, uh, let's get a little audio from last uh, Saturday night. Plus, we got a full day of NFL to talk about. Like, Mondays are committed to the Sooners, right? But we sprinkle in a little bit every now and then, including what happened in Tuscaloosa on Saturday night. It's a plank show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. There is no more hopeless feeling, Josh, than when the group text starts to pop at 9.30. Ah, it must be a Monday. Oh, my gosh. There is no other time we can do this, boys. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the home of Sooner fans, <laughs> the Ref Sports Radio Network with Josh on Plank. I, uh, I have one other story real quick. When we were doing the Brent Venables post-game press conference on Saturday night. For those that are unfamiliar with the setup, uh, we go into the presser to make sure that, you know, he can knock out everything in kind of one, right? So they don't have to – media doesn't have to wait on us to talk to coach. And, you know, it just makes it easier. It makes it much more fluid. And so I ask two questions, and then, Josh, I go and take care of other post-game responsibilities. Makes sense, right? I – Ask my question, which, again, my, I don't really know if I'm going to be, like, going in-depth in that first question. I was like, Coach, how would you feel about the way that this team responded, especially with kind of the the challenge they faced in the fourth quarter? And Coach goes and gives his answer. Then it's, hey, just how good was Danny Stutzman? We see the tackles, but Simon, things of that nature, how good was he? Coach answers it, give him a little piece out. I walk out. Josh, as I started to walk up the steps – and I'm trying to find the audio of this, I bite it face first walking up the steps. I catch my – because, you know, I think Coach's family sitting there, so they're watching him, and I want to be respectful of that. So as I'm starting to walk up this uh, – and I think there's only four steps, right? I think from where I'm going to the door, I think there's only four freaking steps, oh, no. and I bit it walking up. Are you I mean, okay? Boom, boom. Uh, no, I caught myself – I caught myself just in time before it really got ugly. Did uh, did everybody see you? Oh, if they didn't, then they just weren't paying attention. I mean, they had to. I was so embarrassed. But I got out quick 
and I went straight to go help Gabe. So I'm sprinting from one from the one side of the football facility to the other, and I'm able to get there in time to talk to Peyton Bowen. And I honestly had forgot about it until I got a text from someone that did. I think it was the the perfect dad joke. What first day with a new feet? Nice trip. See you next fall. I think it was something like that, bro. <laughs> poof. Walking up. I gotta find it in the audio to see if you can hear it. I don't. I don't know if we have time here to play too much of Coach Venables, but I mentioned asking him about. Hey, you know, Danny Stutzman. You know, it's obvious that he was good, right? We all saw it with our with our two eyes. But you know, just just how good was he? What was it like from the position of? you know, responsibilities and taking care of what he was supposed to take care of. Oh, hold on. We went way too far. Oh, we went way too far. Uh, fantastic job offensively. You know, we're 50% on third and fourth downs. Uh, and, again, defensively, uh, held them to six out of 20 on third and fourth down. So great job efficiency-wise uh, there. And, and there's so many more opportunities to be even uh, better. And uh, that's that's the name of the game. And but uh, uh, Dylan again had four touchdowns. Again, no turnovers. We plus three on the season and in a turnover margin. And we haven't turned the ball over on offense uh, through two games. So uh, obviously, terrible lead into that. We'll get to the Danny Stutzman take when we come back. But all in all, as you can hear, the coach that seemed pretty happy with the way that things were executed after the game on Saturday. All right, quick break. Hour two next on the ref.